Coming up. Okay. It's God's curse, not yours. Sometimes we can take it personal, right? We can take it too personal. And then we're not only cursing them, we're cursing them out. <laughs> Y'all understand? <laughs> you understand? Because they, they say something offensive. And, and it, to you, you get offended by it, and then now you're arguing over whatever they said, and now you bleep, 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 bleep. So I want to tell you now, I want to warn you that some people are going to challenge you, and they're going to present to you a different gospel. And just understand, when it happens, they're under God's curse, not yours. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It is extremely important for followers of Jesus Christ to know how to live out our faith, especially in midst of strong spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and habitual forces that try to keep us from doing it successfully. Join Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn as they unpack some key and helpful principles from Apostle Paul's message to the churches in Galatia. Here's the first message in the series. There's only one true gospel. So we're going to be speaking on the message series, Message to the Churches in Galatia. Message to the Churches in Galatia. This is Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. And so we'll be speaking on that topic. Our subtopic, for today is there's only one true gospel. There's only one true gospel. But yeah, I wanted to ask this so we'll get dialed in on the the concept and the idea that there is one true of things. There's only one. And um, this is an important concept to embrace, because in many ways in our society, uh, we are inundated with multiples or polys. Um, and mankind has a history, history of having being polytheistic, meaning having multiple gods. And so, so a lot of you said there's only one true God, but you check man's history, we go back and we'll see that uh, many in many occasions and in many areas and many regions amongst many people, um, they had multiple gods. Um, we know about all the Greek gods. We learn about that in school um, and all the, the various things. So I wanted to get us dialed in on the notion that there are one true, one having only one is a real thing. Yeah. All right. See, some say that there are no absolutes. So when you say there's only one, people, some people get offended by that or disagree with you because they, they go by the, the notion that there's, there's no absolutes. Mm-hmm. They, they'll, they'll tell you that there's no absolute. You, when you give them an absolute, they'll say there's no absolutes. But the problem is, as soon as they say that, they just created an absolute. <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> by saying there's no absolutes is an absolute. That's an absolute. They just, they just uh, debunk their, their theory by even yeah. saying those words that there's no right. absolutes. 
And so, and so you can ask him, I, I heard Rick Warren say this. He said, so ask him, are you absolutely sure? <laughs> <laughs> if somebody tell you there's no absolutes, ask them, are you absolutely sure? But um, I like that. Um, so that's one way to have to, to deal with this. And so the truth is this, as you guys have already conveyed, there are some absolutes. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's only one you, there's only one God, as yeah. you guys say, only one, one way. There's only one Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all on and on. There's only one. And today we're dealing with there's only one true gospel mm -hmm. as an absolute. Amen. There's only one. Amen. All right. And so on your paper, write this down. A. All right. Yes. You must understand some will try to confuse you with different gospels. Mm -hmm. You must understand that some will try to confuse you with different gospels. In other words, they will try to tell you that there is another gospel or other gospels or different gospels. Mm -hmm. But today we're dealing with the idea that there's only one true gospel. Mm -hmm. And Apostle Paul addressed this in his letter to the churches in Galatia. And he addressed it in such a way that we really need to pay attention because this letter took on a, a, a vibe or feel that his letters don't typically take on. Paul went in on them kind of early. He went in on them. He talked about, you know, if, if Paul lived today, uh, we might say Paul is in his bag. Apostle Paul is uh -huh. in his bag because mm -hmm. he went in on them almost from Jump Street. After giving his, his normal uh, greetings or salutations, mm -hmm. um, expressing who he is, who's writing the letter, who he's mm -hmm. writing to, and how he feels about them, mm -hmm. folks who believers and all those kind of things. After he got out the, that initial hello, what's up, man, kind of stuff, you know, he went in right away. He didn't even go to, so how you doing? How's your family? He didn't get, he didn't even go into all of that. He just went in on them right away. And we're going to see here in the text, Paul going in on them relative to them and, and the, the truth about only being one gospel. Yeah. He says here in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. I want to pause there for a moment so we can let this idea sit in our spirits. Paul says, I'm astonished. I'm shocked. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, different translations use different words there about, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm amazed that you are so quickly, he says, ascribing to a different gospel, mm -hmm. turning to a different gospel, accepting a different gospel from the one that called you to live in the grace of Christ. He says, I, I, don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. 
that you would even do that. Mm-hmm. So he goes in on him. Mm-hmm. He reads on in verse seven. He says a different gospel, verse seven, which is really no gospel at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. I'm going to pause there for a moment. So Paul says this gospel this different gospel that you're accepting, he says, is really not really a gospel at all. Now, let me back up a little bit and so that we can be on the same page here. And I, I'm sure you guys understand, but I have to say it. When we talk about gospel, all we're really talking about is good news. Yeah. We just, we're just talking about good news, right? And in this case, it's, it's good news relative to Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying that there's no other gospel, really, that you, you're ascribing to this, this thing that's calling itself a gospel, but it's really not a gospel at all. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But he says, says to them, and it's causing, it, it's making you confused, mm-hmm. and it's perverting yeah. the gospel of Christ. So I want us to understand that there will be some people who are going to com- try to confuse you with a different gospel. It, it may, it's going to take on different kinds of forms. We'll talk more about that later. But they're going to try to get you off the track, off track to accept a different gospel other than the one you receive relative to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You got to know it's coming. You got to expect it to come. You got to be prepared for it. Okay, and and then you got to do some things. Now, in verse eight, Paul goes on and tells us some things to do. All right, he tells us uh, he tells us some things about the situation. Verse eight, he says, "But even if we are we or an angel from heaven should preach a different gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse." As we have already said, so now I say it again, Mm -hmm. if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Now, this is an important reality for us today. This is really, really important. Paul said, this is how serious it is. If an angel come to you, he said, "Yeah, and tell you something different. Mm-hmm. Let that angel be under God's curse." He says, "And even if I change my mind, and if you've been paying attention or reading or any in you know along every now and then, a popular preacher, pastor, theologian comes along and say, I'm no longer believe in Christian values." Every now and then they pop up. And some of, sometimes these are uh, very, very popular um, pastors do, and preachers. Do they say it like that? I don't believe in Christian values. They, well, sometimes they do. A little well, bit. Oh, no. Sometimes <laughs> they come out and change their mind. Yeah. Other times they just start twisting the truth yeah, into, into something yeah. else. But it happens. We got a history of people falling off the, out the faith. And saying, okay, I don't, I don't believe that. No, I don't ascribe to that. Those things I've been preaching for years, I don't ascribe to it. So, so Paul even tells them, if I tell you something different, yeah, 
let me be yeah. under God's curse. He says, because there's no other gospel. Yeah. He's, that's how serious Paul is trying to emphasize this to them. Mm -hmm. There's no other gospel. Mm -hmm. The one you receive relative to Jesus Christ, the one you accepted is the only one. That's what he was getting across to them. Now, here's yeah. the thing where we have to be mindful. Paul says to them, let them be under God's curse. Yeah. Not your curse. Mm -hmm. So you, won't, you don't have to curse them. Okay. It's God's curse, not yours. Sometimes we can take it personal. Right? We can take it too personally. And then we're not only cursing them, we're cursing them out. <laughs> Y'all understand? <laughs> you understand? Because they, they say something offensive and, and it, to you, you get offended by it. And then now you're arguing over whatever they said. And now you bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. So I want to tell you now, I want to warn you that some people are going to challenge you and they're going to present to you a different gospel. And just understand when it happens, they're under God's curse, not yours not your curse. Mm -hmm. uh, early on in uh, our launching of the church, um, and some of you were there when we, we attended this event here in Dublin, I think it was around the holidays or something, we had a booth at this event. And so we had our signs out, you know, saying we're launching a new church, handing out flyers and doing different stuff. And then this man came to the table and looking at the stuff we had on the table and um, grabbed a flyer or something. And then he asked me, are we an accepting and affirming church of the LBGTQ community? And quite frankly, I wasn't prepared for that question. Not not doctrinally, not that I wasn't doctrinally prepared for it. I wasn't personally prepared for it. I didn't expect it. It, it threw me for a loop, <laughs> you know, personally inside of me. So I didn't necessarily deal with him in the mode I should have of love and grace and mercy. Uh, I kind of went to argumentative mode, <laughs> you know, debate mode, you know, protection mode. And I, you know, I felt like he was trying to hit me up, hit me up against the wall. So um, emotionally, psychologically, philosophically, my fists were balled up. All right. And so my response to him was one of balled up fists, you know. But I told him, and, and it was probably written all over my face and my body language, and, you know, I didn't yell and scream at him, but I know what was happening on the inside, and I'm sure to some extent he he felt it. Because I told him, I said, well, you know, we, we, we are, at first I asked him what did he mean. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to, to him to define to me what he meant by that. And he said that, that are you, uh, do you affirm do you accept the LGBT community in your church? And do you affirm the lifestyle, basically, of the LGBT community? I can't remember how he yeah, said I think, it. Yeah, I think his initial uh, question didn't even mention that. It just said, are you an accepting and affirming church? 
Yeah. That was it, period. Okay. The question mark. That was it. Yeah. And then you had to ask for more information. Yes. Yes. And so I my response to him in a pretty harsh, rough, confident, adamant tone was that we, you know, we accept anybody to come to the church, you know, something like that. I said, you know, to and and but he got the message that we weren't <laughs> what he was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, see, accepting and affirming. Um, the the affirming part, you know, like we accept anybody to come and come as you are, right? But we're not going to affirm that lifestyle. We because, don't. We didn't know exactly what he meant by that. Right, and that's why I asked him, you know, to explain. But we, we're not going to affirm the lifestyle because Jesus didn't, right? And so, but what I could have done better was respond to it as if. He was under God's curse, not my own. <laughs> All right. And spoke to him in that light, not in the light of me defending myself and the church and all of that. God will handle all of that. Um, I could have been more loving in my presentation, even if I said the same thing, but in a better, in a right. better way. So I'm telling you this so that you'll be better prepared for when things get you face some kind of challenge. And so the net result was with this guy, he just kind of walked away. It wasn't a a amiable departure. So it was as if he was saying, if you're not accepting and affirming, you're inadequate, you're an inadequate church. Now, I can't, he didn't come out and say that. But that was the vibe that I sensed is that, okay, at least you're inadequate for me. And so what that could lead to is that, okay, um, that so we're preaching Christ Jesus as a way to salvation. Is that inadequate? Mm. Right? No, absolutely. That's not inadequate. But he seemed to be saying, if you preach Christ Jesus, uh, as a way to salvation and you accept and affirm this lifestyle, then mm-hmm. I'm, you're good with me. Yeah. That's another way. We'll talk more about these things a little bit later, but these is how ways that a different gospel can be presented to you as if the one you receive mm-hmm. is inadequate. Mm-hmm. So be prepared yeah. for because some will try to um, challenge you. And here's what God tells us to do. As I said, it's there under God's curse, not yours. And what we are to do is to continue to accept the gospel that we receive and to reject or turn away from the different gospel. That's our job is to continue to accept and reinforce the gospel we receive and turn away from as the text says, don't turn to that gospel, but turn away from that gospel, reject it. But not as if you have to curse the individuals, mm-hmm. but they're under God's curse. Mm-hmm. All right, I hope that's clear to you. Just say, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Tell the yeah. truth in love. Mm-hmm. B, write this down. Ultimately, 
What makes a gospel the one true gospel? Is a question we're going to address. Ultimately, what makes a gospel the one true gospel? Now, understand that the gospel is good news. It's the good news about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. All right. So what makes any gospel the one true gospel? And here's the, the ultimate thing that's, that makes it the true gospel. Number one, write this down. It delivers eternal salvation. It delivers eternal salvation. Not that it promises eternal salvation. I want you guys to track with me here. But that it delivers eternal salvation. So there are a lot of gospel that will promise it. They'll promise that you'll live forever after you leave this life. But does it deliver it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the key thing. And here's the other thing. It delivers eternal salvation because eternal salvation really is the, the is, this is not correct English, but eternal salvation is the goodest news <laughs> that you could ever receive. It's the, it's, the, it's the best news any person could ever receive that you will spend, eternally spend, or live in the presence of Almighty God. There is no greater news than that. Amen. There is no better news that you're going to spend eternally, uh, be eternally with God. There's no better news. Mm -hmm. That's why, ultimately, the the what determines whether it's the one true gospel on whether or not it really delivers that because there's no greater news for any human being to to have yeah that's the best news yeah. with god forever Amen. eternal okay so look what um uh in paul writing to them paul is saying this is a big deal Okay, and not only is it a big deal for when you die, it's a big deal right now. We have to embrace this truth as a big deal right now. Okay, so Paul says here in telling us just how big a deal it is in Romans chapter one, verse one through four, and then verse 16. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in, whole, in, the, in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son. So God promised this gospel beforehand um, regarding his son. It reads on, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. So we see that Jesus resurrected. He keeps reading Jesus Christ, our Lord. He died and he resurrected. And then it says in verse 16, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Yeah. So this is a big deal to Paul. Okay. And it's a big deal right now. He says this gospel, as I said before, God promised it 
beforehand mm -hmm. regarding his son. He says that his son would die and be resurrected. And this is how big of a deal it is of Paul. In verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed. And this is his letter to Rome, which was the capital of the world at the time, the Roman Empire was in charge. It was the most prominent place in the world. So, um, you know, we got this phrase nowadays that says, speak truth to power. Well, in this time, Rome, Rome, Rome was the power of yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. It's the power of the world. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed to go to the most powerful place in the world and tell this gospel. That's how big a deal it is to me, Paul is saying. I ain't ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed because it's the power of God unto salvation. Okay, this, this, is, some, this is some serious gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. Okay. And, and not that it will be the power of God unto salvation. It is right now <laughs> the power of God unto salvation. He's saying that living eternally in the presence of God is in presence of God is a big deal. And I'll tell anybody, I don't care how high you go up and how big you are, I'll tell you. It's a big deal to Paul. It should be a big deal to us. And then Paul says later in the book of Romans, in Romans 6:23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he's referencing the eternal life or salvation, eternal salvation through Jesus Christ as the gift of God. That's what makes a gospel the one true gospel. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. So we get challenged 
but none of the day of worship. It wasn't the style of worship. It wasn't the style of music. It wasn't the denominational doctrine that allowed you to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Okay. It, it wasn't that. It, 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 you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're Pentecostal. <laughs> you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're charismatic. You don't have the Holy Spirit because you're, you're Baptist, because you're Catholic, because you're whatever. You got the Holy Spirit according to the Bible the day you believe. Amen. Thank you for listening. 